It's getting deeper. This is WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD 1, 89.9 FM, WKCR.org. I'm Mitch Goldman. And yes, the name of the show is Deep Focus. And uh, what we do, we invite a guest into the studio, and that guest chooses a topic of focus. And uh, if we get good and lucky, we find some live unreleased recordings of the subject, and uh, we stepped in a big bucket of it tonight, and I'm very happy to welcome to the studio David Vireles. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mitch. It's my pleasure to be here. So I asked you, what are we going to talk about? And uh, one name popped out of your mouth right away. What were we, uh, who are we going to be listening to tonight? Well, we're going to be listening to uh, some recordings by uh, one of my ultimate uh, piano heroes, but the great Bud Powell, and uh, I chose Bud because of uh, the impact that his music has had on, on, on my uh, on my musical education and my and my and my, uh, my my love for music itself. And um, I mean, for 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 a number of reasons, you know, one being that he's you know he's one of the archetypes of uh, of so-called jazz piano. There is a you could say that there is a before and after, uh, Bud Powell, um, and um, and you know any time that I listen to his music is a you know it's a moment of great uh, inspiration and insight. So uh, that's one of the reasons I I wanted to to focus on his music, and uh, and also I um, I'm very interested in in in. In trying to find different connections between between this music, uh, so-called jazz, that I've been very fortunate to uh, to be invited as a participant of uh, by several musicians that I that I've been working with here in New York uh, for the last few years. Um, but I'm I'm very interested in finding connections between that tradition and the traditions from from my birthplace of uh, Cuba. So. Uh, Bud Powell also had a deep impact on pianists that uh, came out of Cuba in the uh, 40s and, and 50s. People like Peruchin, Frank Emilio, so I'm also very interested in, in the uh, the influence that he had on, on, on musicians from that time period in Cuba. I'll tell you something interesting that sort of aside from everything else. So as I was walking into the studio... My phone rang. It was my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom just turned 95 years old. She was born in 1924, August 1924. About a month 
before Bud Powell. They were contemporaries. They were mm-hmm. exactly the same He was born in age. September, right? He was is born in September. His coming up. Yes, actually. it is. What is it, September 25th? 27th, I think, something like mm. that. So, And he would have been turning 95. Mm. And um, my mom grew up in New York. She was a great fan of the music. I knew mm-hmm. Bud Powell's music since I was born. I could, you know, had the LPs in the house. Mm-hmm. And I said, Mom, you know, I told her what we we're going to be playing. She goes, and I told her a little bit about you. She goes, you know, I, I think... Bud Powell spent some time in Cuba. She had this vague recollection, something she'd heard oh, yeah. years ago. I've I've read. Uh, well, actually, I've I've talked about this with uh, with John Powell, uh, Bud's son, and he told me that um, Bud's uh, grandfather, he actually he went down to Cuba during the uh, Cuban Spanish American War. Uh, that's as far as I know. I don't, I'm. I'm not certain if uh, if Bud Powell actually spent any time in Cuba, but that I had uh, heard too. I had heard that his grandfather had uh, studied flamenco guitar. Exactly. Yeah, he would, That's that's what I what I also learned uh, over the years that he was there and he, and he was a guitar player and he interacted with musicians there. And of course, we know that uh, Cuban musicians that came to New York they interacted with the whole scene and they were pretty much a, a part of that a very important part of that scene at that time people like uh, uh of course Chano Pozo and uh, Candido Camero so uh there's you know th- there's a connection there that's uh very important to me and it's something that I that I try to study and this is one of the reasons why why I chose but besides my my uh obviously my my um uh, my devotion to him as as a, as a, one of the great pianists of all time. You said uh, something I want to ask you about. We're going to start playing some music very soon, but um, you said about Bud Powell being a, there's before Bud and after Bud. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could just unpack that a little bit. Well, I mean, this is, this is something that um, I've heard some of the great pianists that, uh, uh, that developed their sound after Bud Powell, you know, people like McCoy Tyner and Herbie Hancock, and that's that seems to be the uh, the general consensus that uh, Bud Powell kind of freed up um, harmony and rhythm and melody in a way that that it really just kind of paved the way for what came after him, but the the uh, innovations of people like I said, like McCoy Tyner and Herbie Hancock. He's he's a the um, one of the pioneers. Of course, there are there are many others, but he's he's a, a very important one in in the lineage. Um, um, as far as you know, what a lot of those people have had to say. So you know, I go I go <laughs> yeah. with what they no, <laughs> with what they have to say. It's funny too because I remember like being young and a lot of my musician friends coming up, and you know, this guy's just totally devoted to Herbie Hancock. This friend of mine is like totally, you know, enthralled with Bill Evans and mm-hmm. learning every note he played and, you know, or all the pianists you mentioned and every one of those guys, you ask them, they all say Bud Powell was the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Evans, yeah, he's on record as saying uh, something similar, you know, about about Bud. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's... Um, not not only his 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 um, innovation uh, as far as a spontaneous composition, but also uh, his rhythmic concept, 
uh, and harmonic concept and and also just his his uh, his writing. You know, him as a composer. I mean, there's just so many different angles that you can look at his music. It's a it's a whole lifetime of study. Yeah, and um, I'm not a musician, so there's layers and levels of this that you're hearing that I'm <laughs> not, you know, really conscious of. But mm. the ideas that spill out, you know, not spill out that he presents are so, you know, just so lush and and oh, immediate. It's... it's just it's stunning. It's a it's also it's like an Olympic event as well. The physicality of it. It's, oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a real achievement. It's a real mu- musical achievement. He's uh, to me, he's one of the, one of the greats. You know, no doubt about it. All right. Well, <laughs> should we dive in? Should yes. we get started? Okay. So you you put the challenge to me, and I got to admit, I didn't. We didn't think. I didn't think I was going to find anything of his that that hadn't already been heard, and. Um, we actually started going with Plan B. And oh yeah, you and me, right? Right, 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 right. right and right. then we came back to Plan A because mm-hmm. I found this great music. So these were radio broadcasts from 1953 here in New York City at um, Birdland, and um, this stuff has never been released. This is really a thrill uh, to be able to present this music to you, and uh, it's great, and it's Bud Powell, and. Um, I'm going to stop talking now, but this, so this first set, this is February 7th, 1953 at Birdland. The great Roy Haynes is on drums. Wow. And, uh, Oscar Pettiford on bass. Incredible. It's a trio. What a, what a band. And, uh, let's hear some music. It's Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman here with David Vireles and we are, uh, this is live music. You've never heard from Bud Powell on WK. C R. Thank you. 
If you are a Bud Powell fan, you're listening to that going, oh, I know that recording. Wait, no, I don't know that recording. You are right, because you've never heard that recording. That is Bud Powell, a fantastic trio, a dream trio, with Oscar Pettiford on the bass, Roy Haynes on the drums, February of 1953. And uh, this was, thankfully, this was broadcast on the radio, and thankfully, somebody recorded it, and that recording ended up here with us at WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman. The show's called Deep Focus. I'm very happy to be in the studio here with David Vireles, and we. Uh, this was your choice. I don't know how you, you read my mind, choosing Bud Powell, but um, you did, and we are deep in it, and we've got these two live recordings. Now, I'm going to make a confession this recording has been aired once, and that was by me when Graham Haynes was here, and we were doing a deep focus on Roy, and we played that. That was a couple of years ago, and I think that's the only time this has been broadcast, as far as I know, since 1953. 
and amazing. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm amazed. And as it happens, the phone rang here in the studio, and it was Graham, and he's with Roy. <laughs> Roy is on this recording from 66 years ago. Don't incredible. Don't don't do the math on that, Roy. <laughs> but um, yeah, Graham's. Uh, hanging with his dad, listening to the radio, and and this pops on. And uh, so as much pleasure as this is giving me to hear this, the idea that Roy's getting to hear it, Roy Haynes, from, thank you for the music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, since I'm on the air and he's, if he happens to be listening, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your uh, musical contribution to the world and for being such a, a huge inspiration to, to all of us. Uh, the first time I actually I uh, heard Roy Haynes was actually on a, on a Boot Pile recording from the sessions uh, on the amazing Boot Pile. Yeah. Which, um, of course, was also, I believe it might have been the, uh, the recording debut of Sonny Rollins, and it also included uh, Faz Navarro and uh, Tommy Porter. Uh, and I believe the, 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 those sessions were from 49. If I'm if I'm not uh, mistaken, and then of course, uh, this set, um, as far as repertoire, might be reminiscent of a recording that was released entitled "Inner Fires," that also yes. uh, featured Roy Haynes and Charles Mingus from uh, 1953. Uh, from that was uh, just a month or two after this recording. I think that was April of '53 hmm. in DC. In DC, that's yeah. right. That, that's that's what I what I've read. Uh, and then, of course, since I, uh, since that very first time I heard Roy Haynes, I've tried to get everything that, I mean, not not everything, because I mean he's he's on so many recordings uh, throughout the the history of the music. And uh, but I've you know I've always tried to find uh, everything that he's on because he's absolutely one of one of my favorites, a big inspiration. And and uh, this is really an incredible find because as you as you could hear the the recording quality is really amazing. You could really hear. Uh, the three uh, components of, of the trio and, and you can hear the drums which you know sometimes with these kind of live recordings from, from that time period it's not as uh, audible as one wishes that, that it could be so I'm just uh, just thankful to be here and, and uh, thankful to, to be able to listen to this great music yeah me too and I, we were just saying right before the phone rang we were just saying Roy's kick drum the things that just being able to hear that and the kind of the way he comes in on that and carries the beat through the whole thing. I mean, let me ask you totally unfair question. You can answer any way you like, but about this performance that we're hearing, are you uh, any thoughts about any of these selections? They're mostly, it's interesting, the whole set is kind of pop tunes from the day, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess that you know that was common practice. Uh, I, I guess it is common practice in in so-called jazz music. Um, there's a, a repertoire, um, and uh, you know they call standards, and um, they usually from from you know by the pen of, of uh, composers that wrote uh, show tunes and, and this sort of stuff. But then, of course, what you hear people like Bud Powell or Roy Haynes or, or Sonny Rollins do with these pieces is uh, is very different than what any of these tunes sounded like in their original form. Uh, they're uh, extemporizing. They're they're, ta- they're um, uh, 
um, they're they're finding so many different ways in which um, in which to to deliver these compositions. You know, they're really expanding the the vocabulary in a lot of different ways, um, and um, the 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 rhythmic aspect of it is very uh, is very important. Might even be the 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 most important element. Uh, uh, as far as what I've heard from from some of the older musicians that I've had the pleasure to work with. But um, the point is that what you hear any any of these musicians doing with these compositions is very different from from what they were like in their in their original form. So uh, it's just uh, the, the the brilliance of 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 this music is uh, is incredible. This is improvisation at the highest level. Indeed. Uh, T for two was a pop tune from the twenties. It Could Happen to You, Lover Come Back to Me. We heard Lullaby of Birdland, Lullaby of Broadway. Um, I Want to Be Happy. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're just, uh, these guys are just moving together. Mm. It's really remarkable. I wanted to, I wanted to add that the, um, some of this repertoire was actually um, recorded on uh, The Genius of Bud Powell, which originally came out on uh, Merc- Mercury and later was reached on Verve, uh, I believe in 1951, on which uh, Bud Powell played some solo pieces. Uh, maybe, yes. Uh, just one of the things was one of the was one of the solo pieces, but there are, there are some other ones that he recorded with Trio, and I think T42 was, yeah. was one of them with Ray Brown and, yes. and Buddy Rich. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. the only other reference... Um, uh, that I that I know, you know, as far as that uh, uh, as as that piece goes um, with Bud Powell. Let me ask you, for you coming up, so you mm-hmm. grew up in Cuba. Was mm-hmm. this music available? Was it accessible? Was it how not was... at all? Not at all. This music I was able to get through friends that would come to Cuba. And they would they would bring uh, tapes, uh, cassette tapes, and that's how I was introduced to this music. I had no idea. Um, what a lot of it was, but I, you know, I loved the sound of it. You know, as soon as I, as I heard some of this stuff, I, you know, I immediately started trying to learn more about it and trying to get more recordings. You know, and uh, any time that I would have a chance, uh, my, my, for example, my father is a singer-songwriter, and at the time, he was touring quite often, and through friends, he was able to to get a lot of different tapes. And one of the people that I would usually ask him about was uh, Bud Powell. You know, if he if he could get some of his music. And I remember um, that's that was the first time that I that I was able to hear any any of this stuff. But no, uh, we don't have. Uh, I mean, we do have record stores in Cuba, but they they're normally focus on on music that's produced in Cuba you know we don't have uh we don't have a, a market in which rec- international recordings are are sold there so that's that's basically how I how I discovered some of this music through some of my friends and and some uh musicians that I later, later uh started working with you know they started helping me to to these recordings and and passing on tapes and stuff like that. So, and but you were uh, you were a dedicated fan and student. Well, yeah, you know, once 
I mean, once I fell in love with that music, and and you know, later I I was fortunate to go to Canada to study in Canada. I received a scholarship to study there, and when I went there, I immediately, you know, I started trying to find out who was around that was, um, f you know, more or less from that time period that would be willing to talk about this music, you know. And that's how I found out about Barry Harris. Ah, uh, yeah. So I started to uh, to come down to the workshops here in New York, and also when Barry would come to Toronto, I would try to spend time with him and, and try to uh, go to the workshops. And a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the music that I heard, of, like a lot of the Bud Powell stuff that I heard and, and a lot of the information that I eventually got to uh, study a little bit was was through Barry. And uh, I also remember when Ronnie Matthews came to Cuba, you mm -hmm. know, he sat down at the piano and he started playing a bunch of Bud Powell compositions. So those were my, my, my two kind of... Uh, well, I guess Ronnie was kind of like my my entry point into into that, you know, as far as life, uh, like an actual, you know, an actual life experience beyond the recordings. But with Barry was much more in depth, you know, because I actually had a chance to study with him uh, and he's, that's over a, a number of years. That's a primary source. I mean, he's no he, doubt. Yeah. 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 So uh, not taking anything away from uh, from Ronnie Matthews. Oh no, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> but. but um, yeah, Barry is a is a, a champion of of Bud Powell's music and, and many others too, but um, uh, Bud Powell for sure. And um, yeah, that's that's how I got to yeah. to some of these. David Virelas is my guest in the studio. You are playing Saturday at Symphony Space, right? That's right. I'm playing as part of the uh, ACM concert series, which is uh, their. Um, They've uh, they, they started to celebrate it at uh, Symphony Space, and uh, I'm going to be performing on Saturday. Uh, I believe the show starts at 8 p.m. I'll be playing solo solo piano. Uh, some recent compositions of mine that I wrote for for the piano. That those AACM concerts, not to be missed. Not to be missed. <laughs> it's uh, the music is always completely top shelf, but and also just the vibe and harmony let me put it this way i'm going to put it for you this way if you are living your life as a new yorker and you're wondering why you put up with the daily punch in the face <laughs> that you get living in this city the answer to that question is at symphony space on saturday night <laughs> that's why that's why you put up with it because you can't find this just any place you're not going to find the the richness and harmony that musically and otherwise that you will find at those it is true. It's a very shows. it's a very unique uh, experience and uh, and I have very fond memories of, of uh, going to those concert series since I first moved uh, to New York with Henry Threkill and that's actually how I got to meet uh, the great Mohal Richard Abrams uh, and so many other incredible musicians that that would play at these series so for me it's a it's a it's a. I'm very honored to be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's. Uh, should we go back to Birdland? Sure. <laughs> okay, if you're just joining us, it's okay. You missed a lot of great stuff, but there's even more coming at you. 
And uh, the show's called Deep Focus, and David is here. He chose Bud Powell as his, his topic, and we dove deep into the WKCR archives and came up with these stunning unreleased recordings. This is an, a radio broadcast from February of 1953. It wasn't, we were on the air then, but we didn't do this broadcast. Another station did, but this recording made it here to uh, our archives. It's never been released. And it's Bud Powell with Oscar Pettiford on bass, Roy Haynes on drums. Hello, Roy. And uh, you're listening to WKCR. You're listening. Hold on. Oh, haha. <laughs> That's why. That's why that happens. Hold on. David, this engineer, I'm firing this guy. This is his last show. Never again. Not putting up with this terrible work. Bud Powell on WKCR.
That is live music from the magnificent Bud Powell, as uh, we've been saying. This is a live recording from Birdland in 1953, and we have a very special treat for me and I think for you we have on the phone thanks to you David Varelis our guest tonight John Powell son of Bud Powell is uh, tuned in and say hello John you're on there hey can you hear us hey Mitch yes <laughs> absolutely hey Mitch what a pleasure and, what uh, an honor yeah you know um, a friend of mine uh, gave me the heads up that you were broadcasting today, a former uh, uh, WKCR uh, radio jockey, Eddie Carp. I don't know if you know the name. Yeah, I know Eddie. Eddie, yeah, if you're well, listening, you're giving you a shout out from the studio. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So it's a full circle anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And and Roy, Roy is, is, is listening, and Graham is the family thing, and I'm I'm glad that uh, uh, this is happening. You know, just shy of his 95th birthday. Yeah, so, how about uh, that? And uh, I told David he's doing he's doing excellent, and I'm enjoying the music here. That you know, for the first time, and especially during that time where. Um, there was a very turbulent time for my dad. I mean, he, you know, he perceived me by two years. That was in 53. I wasn't born until 55. But that was a very dynamic period uh, in, in his life, good and bad, basically. Right. You know, well, so. he's um, people who know his music and dig a little deeper know that uh, there was... There was plenty of both in his right, world. And um, I'm wondering if you have any knowledge from uh, this particular period of time or if uh, any memories of anything he might have said about Birdland or about any of these musicians that he's playing with or anything come to mind from any of that? Uh, well, again, it was a very turbulent time uh, during that period. Uh, you know, the whole thing about, you know, the control o over the musicians by hook or by crook. Um, but yet they prevailed in spite of, mm. you know. And um, one of the things that my father had told my mother uh, when I was born, well, you know, just I was an infant. And he was over in Paris, and <clears throat> he told us, sell the house in Queens. Uh, I want the world to be his backyard. So, <clears throat> you know, that was sort of, you know, his view of what was going on here in the States and that he needed to get out mm. and, you know, in order to be free to play his music and I think during that time 40s, 50s, even before that, you know a, a lot of cats left, you know, what was going on here, the scene here you know, to go to Europe you know, to be a little freer 
you know. But, yeah. You know, he came back. You know, and uh, I'm I'm glad that somebody captured this right here because this is uh, I've never heard it before, and I'm really amazed. I'm thankful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> us too. It's really something to hear you say that too. And I got to say that listening to these guys, whatever else may have happened elsewhere in life, when they got to the bandstand, they created a world for themselves and for us and the freedom and imagination and, uh, unbridled joy and, and, sorrow and all it's all in the music for me yeah yeah they told the truth yes mm, well put you know and that's what it was it was bringing their own experiences you know to the bandstand and you know you couldn't fake it mm. <laughs> yeah right it. right absolutely absolutely and um i just hear you know so much uh mutual admiration and you know hearing him play with them and these guys oscar pettiford and roy haynes and all these there are other musicians on some of these dates and but they're all you know on that level and uh they all seem to just have the greatest respect for one another and for the music exactly exactly yeah Wow. Well, John, I would agree. yeah, this is if you're just tuning in, John Powell, son of Bud Powell here on the air with us. And we're playing this live recording. This is it's pretty remarkable. As you said, this was, uh, you know, it was just one more Friday night playing at Birdland and uh, dumb luck for us that it got broadcast. It got recorded. That recording made it to the studios here at WKCR, and six years and some months later, we're actually able to bring that to you. is is uh, pretty <laughs> incredible. Anything else you want to share with our listeners? Mm, not particular. I mean, you guys are doing. I mean, I, I'm just slowing things down here. So <laughs> let, uh, let me get off the air and enjoy this. Come, come slow things down anytime, man. Anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, mate. All right. David, All right, John. Thank you so much. You guys. Thank Thanks you so for much. coming Bye-bye. through, man. All right. Enjoy the music. Wow. Right, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. John Powell, Bud Powell's son here almost in the studio with us thanks to david virelis and uh and his magic phone <laughs> and a little crazy technology and yeah i think we're all feeling the same thing hearing this music so uh david chose bud powell as a topic and we've got these incredible live recordings that are virtually unknown i mean between you being the lifelong dedicated fan Roy Haynes, who's on the date, <laughs> John Powell, whose dad's the headliner, and nobody's heard this stuff before. I think it's safe to say this is truly a rarity. I think that passes the test. So uh, on that note, maybe we should play a little bit more music. Sure. I just want to say something yeah, be- before, before you go on. Uh, we were listening to Embraceable You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is also, of course, is a Gershwin, uh, yeah. Gershwin uh, standard. But... Um, 
I just I just want to say something about the way that um, uh, people like like Bud Powell and other ones like Hank Jones. Um, I've heard other versions of uh, Impressible You by Bud Powell, and they all seem to have uh, the same, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, uh, type of arrangement, even though that's, that might not be the correct word because it's not really per performing the way that uh, that a uh, regular arrangement would. You know, it's more like a, a kind of treatment, uh, a, kind of a kind of general idea, a, a kind of orchestration, that they set up for the piano and the uh, and the band in this case is a, is a trio um, and the specific version that I was thinking about um, with Bud was the one from the uh, Life at Massey Hall. Oh yeah, date which uh, there was a trio set which is less famous than the set with of course with with Bird and and Dizzy and Max Roach and Mingus, but this one. Um, this trio said I I, I I really love too from from Massey Hall, and that's where I heard the f uh, for the first time that his version of Embraceable You and like I said he has a, a very specific way in which he addresses the piece, and um, just lis listening to this version now is very it just it's very revealing as far as like how uh, these these uh, masters might have dealt with with any particular. Uh, piece of music, even if they had a um, uh, a sort of arrangement or anything like this, you know, like if you, you hear Art Tatum and people like Cedar Walton doing something similar to uh, with these with these standards, you know, giving a certain kind of uh, treatment, but it's it's flexible, you know, it's not really fixed, and uh, and just to hear him expanding on 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 this particular version is just really beautiful. So I just wanted. To yeah, say that. I'm with you, man. David Virelis is my guest tonight. The show is called Deep Focus, and you're listening to WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD One. Maybe you're at WKCR.org or 89.9 FM or uh, some other extraplanetary uh, source <laughs> that you found. Or maybe you're just imagining this in your head. I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyway, you slice it. Uh, David is playing Saturday night at Symphony Space with AACM. And uh, shall we go back in the WKCR time machine yes. down to mm -hmm. Birdland? So it's February 14th, 1953. And Bud Powell is on the bandstand with Oscar Pettiford on the bass and Roy Haynes. Hello, Roy. On the drums, and I'm Mitch Goldman with David Virelis on WKCR.
polite smattering of applause, smatter, smatter, smatter. <laughs> and, but um, I'm always struck by that. You know, you're like, uh, 